to The Anthroposopher, where we bring anthroposophy to life through interviews, conversations, and explorations. I'm Laura Scappatici, your host. Hazel Archer Ginsburg has been on The Anthroposopher two times already, always talking about festivals, and she does a great job relating it to our modern world, looking at the history, and looking at other festival traditions. In this episode, she talks about Michaelmas, which is coming up on September 29th. We go beyond the image of slaying one's inner dragon into what it means to create a heart that has thoughts. Stay tuned and explore with us. Hey, Hazel Archer Ginsburg. It's nice to have you here on The Anthroposopher, and today we're going to talk about Michaelmas. Here we are. We are approaching September 29th, Um, but first, I just want to tell everybody about your beautiful blog. It's reverseritual.com, and everybody should go over there and see the amazing art. You just get the best art um, ever for this blog that really um, gives us these gorgeous images of what's actually happening in the cycle of the year. So if, if people haven't seen this, this sort of issue of the blog, they should definitely check it out on Michaelmas and on what's coming. It's really beautiful. So thank you, Hazel. So I thought, um, no, I don't know. I feel like a lot of, I feel like I'm almost in a little pressure cooker right now. I don't know if everybody feels like that around this time of year. Um, and actually, I never really heard of Michaelmas until I encountered Anthroposophy. So I figured, you know, we could start there and uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Well, yes, autumn is an exceptional time. It's a real shift. And of course, yes, it's the start of a new school year. And of course, we've just begun celebrating 100 years of Waldorf education. So that's, that's really exciting. And uh, yeah, many parts of North America, you know, the trees begin to blaze with resplendent color and the, you know, the scarlet maples, the, the shimmering yellow aspens, the yellow sumac, and the evening skies, right? They come alive with meteor showers just streaking across the dark canopy like, like blazing arrows. So this, this cosmic metallic presence is absorbed into our blood invigorating us with a little homeopathic dose of iron. It's in the very air that we breathe. So imagine how much more powerful this cosmic iron is when we direct our consciousness to it, when we consciously think about taking it in with every breath. And so, you know, of course, the the days, they're getting shorter. The darkness starts to wrap around us. So we tend to go inside a little bit more to the comfort of our homes and our thought life goes inward as well. So this dreamy mood of summer is replaced by this pressure cooker that you mentioned, right? We get this this new vigor that seems to aid us in our tasks. Mm, Yeah, I've felt that for a few weeks now, like just like all of this energy but then I, I think the opposite is sometimes there too, <laughs> just like this, this push down as well. So I'll have like these big, um, you know, bursts of energy and maybe that it's that iron infusion <laughs> that we're getting. It's actually, can I go back? The iron's actually in the meteors that are going overhead, right? Uh, just for people that don't quite know, because I, I'd heard that from a Waldorf early childhood teacher here and she talked about it and she passed it around. She actually had everybody taste a little bit. Of iron. Mm. It was really interesting. So can you say a little bit more about it, how it's in the, in, in the skies like that? 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's really this idea of how the expansion of summer has to be stilled. We can't keep going out and out and out. The iron just really brings us into our uprightness. And it's this cosmic gift that we're given every year. And um, so, you know, if we, if we can't recognize, you know, who this cosmic being, Michael, is, because it's hard to picture these things, uh, of course, that's why we have art. But we can really feel it in these, these, uh, these cosmic cycles. And so we're, we're given this gift every year with these meteor showers. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> and you know, in the, in the Wilder schools, they say, in the summer's heat, all life breathes out, expands to cosmic slumber. In autumn, earth breathes in to sleep, and we awake to wonder. Gosh. So, yeah. Gorgeous. We're so lucky when we have kids in the school, right? I, <laughs> I know. It's really for the parents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so beyond this external observation, what does all this mean? Yeah. So no matter what age we are, we are all in the school of life. And the arrival of autumn always signifies a test. Will our inner strength hold up when the support of nature is withdrawn? Are we willing to breathe in after the outbreath of summer? And are we willing to consciously harvest all the sense perceptions we've gathered? You know, are we consciously working to preserve and digest all these life forces which we've received? giving us the, the resources, giving us the reserves that we need to courageously go into the dark of the year. You know, our, our grandmothers, they knew, right? They would start to can, do the canning. You know, this, all, all the things are ripening now, so we, they would preserve these things for, for the, the cold. And so how can we do that with our sense impressions as well? That's so interesting because I, I had a neighbor and she said they would can the peaches um, you know, around this time. And then in the winter, she said it was like eating sunshine. Oh. And that's just what you're saying. It actually is like eating sunshine. That's so beautiful. That carry that light right in that jar of peaches. Nice. So, you know, we just had the fall equinox and equinox time gives us a chance to really feel the balance of the light and the dark before we make that descent into the dark part of the year. So, now we, we're being asked to become more self-reflective. And we, we must be able to enkindle our own inner light. And, and that takes work. So during this growing season, you know, nature supports our human consciousness. It's a gift, like I said, from the cosmos. But now for the harvest, we must work to fashion our own self-consciousness. You know, if we really want to uh, remain awake. And you know, September full moon, we, we know it as the, the corn moon or the harvest moon. And when the new moon comes, which this year it falls on the eve of Michaelmas, September 28th, it's the start of the Jewish New Year, the beginning of the High Holy Days. So that's pretty special. There's, there's always a connection here with, with, these, with these, uh, these High Holy Days this time of year. And it's, it's also the Islamic New Year. And in uh, Greece and Rome in ancient times, it was dedicated to Demeter and Persephone, right? Because we're exploring this idea of the descent of the goddess. And also Dionysus, right? In tune with the, with the grape harvest. But today, 
In our present age, we are invited to stand with our time spirit, Michael. So Rudolf Steiner, he's given us many indications about this, this being. So for today, let's, let's start by looking at the name. Makael is a question, for it means, who is like God? Well, questions are good, right? They, they help us think. When we're in the school of life, we have to think. And this powerful sun being brings a special kind of thinking, a, a special influence to the gestalt of our time, which calls for us to create a festival of the future, which we call Michaelmas. So spiritual science tells us that human consciousness, ever evolving, always changing. And so it was around the end of the 19th century that the fixed date of September 29th came to be called the feast day of St. Michael and all the heavenly hosts. The old legends would always preface that, that famous story of the battle against the dragon with an enumeration of the nine angelic realms, with Michael standing before us as the king and herald of all the hierarchies. As we strive to create this festival of the future, we are invited to look back to the fruits of the past, to prepare by looking at what's coming toward us from the future, you know, to look where we've been and then to see where we're going, to, to contemplate these angelic choirs, that we may look to our future selves, that we may think here and now that step by step we can courageously build our own strong and steady rung on the ladder of evolution, teaching us to count the human being as the 10th hierarchy to this, this mighty sun being. Michael directs this to our gaze at this time. Okay, so I see in that image that you're talking about um, the strength of, of, of Michael and, you know, this battle with the dragon. And I know my second grader is going to be in the play this year and they talk about St. George and the dragon. But I guess I, I wondered, you know, there's this other picture of all the support from all the other um, helpers or angelic beings, you know, we would talk about in anthroposophy um, that are helping us too. So I, I wondered about gaining our own strength during this time and like how we, it sounds like it, it's not just from within us. It's, it's from these, the support we have too. Can you say a little more about that? Yeah. And so we really, we're really being asked to, you know, how can we possibly experience this mighty sun being? How can we bring it into our, our human consciousness? And of course, we, we see again these, these forces in the meteor showers that start in late August, go through November. And so, you know, we're really witnessing the power of this being in these shooting stars, strengthening our blood with this cosmic iron so that we can wage battle against anxiety, fear, hate, creating an inner process that, that permeates our earthly thoughts with cosmic thoughts so that our hearts can begin to have thoughts. And so this is how we can attempt to really understand and practice what spiritual science calls imaginative cognition or heart thinking. So we can start by asking another question. How can humanity the earth citizen, become once more a citizen of the cosmos? Well, <laughs> it certainly won't be by head thinking alone. 
because in the intellect, we're, we're isolated from the world. We're, we're isolated from the cosmos because, you know what, everybody has their own head. <laughs> and in that head, their own thoughts, right? But in heart thinking, it's not like that. Imaginative cognition takes us further in our evolutionary journey. And this mysterious German word, Gemut, which Steiner uses to describe this heart thinking, means something like the mind warmed by a loving heart and stimulated by the soul's imaginative power. Isn't that great? So the mind warmed by a loving heart. But that's not all. It has to be stimulated by this imaginative power. So we're, we're not dependent on the head, but, but also on this rhythmic system. Right? So that brings us back to the stars again. That brings us back to being part of this cosmic rhythm. You know, in the cosmic, rhythm holds sway. We've heard of this music of the spheres, right? Mm. This is how we forge this confidence uh, to have this heart thinking. And Michael strengthens our will force and, and reinforces our higher eyes so that we have the courage to find the spirit behind the living cosmos. That is really beautiful and, and, and such a picture of strength. And I love this idea. I always picture like, you know, my heart with like little ears on it, like listening and little wings and <laughs> this thinking heart, you know, is, is such a different picture than we think about. And you're right. I love how you said we all have our own heads. And so it's hard to um, have um, this like tie and feeling for others that we need when we just use our heads. So it really needs to come through the heart. Thanks. That's, that's so great. What other pictures do you have for us? Well, of course we, you know, you mentioned this battle with the dragon. We always hear about that. We can ask, where is the dragon now? Ha ha. Well, spiritual science tells us that the dragon now lives within the human being. I think we see a lot of evidence of that. It's not some sort of external reality, folks. It lives within all of us. It's represented by this cold, dark, dead, materialistic, pragmatic thinking. You know, it's alive in every human being as a potential force of evil. So we need to counteract this. We need to, you know, this, this outer cosmic battle with Michael and the dragon has been transferred to us, to the inner human being. Because only in human nature can the dragon now find its sphere of action. And boy, is it busy. But fear not, my friends. Because of that, Michael now works with us to fight the dragon in our human nature if we tune into it with this heart thinking. We put those little ears on our heart. We share that heartbeat. So Michael's message to humanity is not to try to slay the dragon within ourselves, for then we wouldn't really be living in freedom, but rather to overcome it with consciousness. So it's a taming of our consciousness, our thinking, which calls for exactitude, for selflessness, as well as the strength of will needed to follow a moral path in life. Nicomas is a festival of inner strength and initiative. It's a time when our higher self can conquer anxiety and fear for it's the task of our our higher self to you know to awaken and to find this eternal thing that we all share this really gives us an opportunity to take up 
what we've heard in spiritual science, this idea of cosmic intelligence into our heart thinking. Yeah. And I, I love that idea of, you know, everybody's dragon is going to look slightly different um, and slaying it is not, not the end game, actually. It's um, like you said, it's bringing consciousness to it and the forms that it takes. I think we can see those externally all around us, but internally thinking about, you know, I think anxiety for most people is present in one way or another. And especially it seems during certain times of year, it seems more heightened than others. Um, and so using that, the, the connection that we have with the world around us and with these other forces and with each other, it's on so many, so many beautiful levels. Hmm. Yeah, and we really do sort of act as our own worst enemy sometimes, don't we? You know, we, we take things in and that dragon inside of us will avidly eat it right up unless we develop this heart thinking so that we can consciously use our senses differently. So what do I mean by that? Well, let me, let me give you a, a couple crude examples. I, I love to create these little, little word pictures. Okay, so on the one hand, we have, you know, a normal materialistic dude, you know, he hangs out, he, he gets up every morning, the alarm clock won in, you know, he curses and wolfs down a Pop-Tart, you know, road rages his way to, to the office and maybe he sits all day in a cubicle staring at the computer screen, comes home, watches TV. Well, this guy is the dragon's best friend, right? They cozy up on the couch together, eating junk food, fighting over the remote, you get the picture. So on the other hand, say there's a woman who wakes up to the sound of birds every morning and lingers to contemplate what may have come from the night. She lovingly cooks a biodynamic breakfast, says a prayer and, and eats it with reverence. Yeah, on her way to work, maybe she takes a moment to commune with all oh, that beautiful catalpa tree on the corner or some other beauty thing in nature. And, yeah, at work she's helpful and she has moral integrity. And then when she comes home, maybe she putters around in the garden. So let's take these, this, this last example and we can even take it further. So what if a person's karma has led them to seek out spiritual science? Well, perhaps when she works in the garden, she tries consciously to connect with the spirit behind nature. What does that mean? Well, Maybe we can just think about acknowledging the elemental beings, right? The kids know about this, the gnomes and trolls of the earth realm, right? When we're digging in that soil, we can ask, hey, what are the worms trying to tell me today? Or we can tune into the sylphs, the fairies of air. When we listen to the wind or working with the spirits of water, the undines, perhaps stirring those biodynamic preps and asking, yeah, how can I learn to be more adaptable? Like water, flowing, freezing, rising, steam. You know, taking in the power of the salamanders through the fiery rays of the sun, seeking to integrate its warmth into our blood, into our will. This is heart thinking in action, folks. Right? So, yeah. So it's like taking it a step further. So... Um, from maybe not being so conscious, which I know <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> of course, I've had Pop-Tarts and road rage. Um, but then taking it another step and, you know, waking up in the morning and like hearing the birds and being grateful for that. And then of taking it further, being outside and really 
like noticing the soil, noticing the, the strength of the sun and how it just comes up every day, aren't we lucky, and gives to us all day. So just these sort of levels that we can go further with to, to really have that connection. Am I getting it right? Yeah, and, and, and also, so we have the, this idea of above and below. So remember that picture of the nine angelic realms? Mm -hmm. Well, spiritual science says that we have, human beings, have a cosmic aim within world evolution linked with the further development of these elemental beings. So we are like this conduit of the above and below. So these, these spirits behind nature, dwelling in the mineral, the plant, the animal kingdoms, they seek to rise to higher existence in the evolutionary process, just like we all do, right? And we as human beings can help when we enter into a right relationship with them. And that's really the true meaning of morality, right relationship. Isn't that true? So when we use this, this heart thinking to awaken consciously to our experience of nature, enlivening our senses with a feeling of wonder, awe, reverence, it's simple but so powerful, these elemental beings can more easily attain to this higher stage of evolution. So we're, we're all helping each other then. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when we, we start to see the flowers fade in autumn, because, yeah, things after the harvest, things will start to, to wither and die. You know, let's choose not to turn away in, in antipathy toward this decay. Instead, we can enter into a right relationship by warming our mind with a loving heart this this sense of wonder to stimulate our soul's imaginative power and we can do this and and know that we're succeeding in heart thinking and that this contributes to the the progress of the spirit world so we're enabling through our awakened consciousness those elemental beings to slip out of their blossoms when they wither and become seed and we can lead the elemental beings up to the spirit for which it yearns and that's what we're doing when we penetrate ourselves with this powerful strength of Michael. You know, to do this, we really have to live into the experience of the cycles of the seasons, consciously co-creating and celebrating these festivals. And this really allows us to tread an initiatory path into the new mysteries. Yeah, I love what you're saying about the, the initiation mysteries and I think sometimes we don't realize what's happening but when we keep looking further we we can find some of these things present in our lives they just keep showing up in in ways that maybe we are not aware of but you know the symbols and they're actually there they're signs and guideposts yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so so you know here we are we, we just passed the the equinox and when we, when we stand at that place of balance provided by the fall equinox, we can look across the circle, right across to the opposite, to the spring equinox. And that's the time when the resurrection forces of Eastertide grow in us. So we, we can remember what we took in then and re-experience the spring and the ripening of summer. And then we can call that, those forces up in ourselves now because now when things are dying, that's when we really need them, right? This, mm. is, this is when we need them. This will fortify us for the dark of the year. Hmm. So I'm thinking back to April last year and what was happening and how I was feeling, what I was thinking and what I was taking in. There's so much there. And so 
actually like calling upon that and looking back and bringing that in is what is the suggestion would you exactly. say yeah exactly. okay yeah because mm -hmm. we, we can just uh resurrect them in a, in a new way in our thinking now mm -hmm. and yeah you know i just i think a lot about too like you say all these little signs and 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 clues around to me it feels like an open secret that we call autumn the fall doesn't that remind you of the fall from paradise? <laughs> yeah, totally. No coincidence, right? Okay. Yeah. And, mm. and it's reflected in that story of, of Demeter and Persephone. And, you know, so, so again, it's being conscious of this, uh, the shadow of ourselves and, and, you know, acknowledging the dark as well as the light, bringing the, the light into the darkness. You've given us a whole lot to think about. What, what, is there anything else you want to touch on? I, I feel like I really have a lot here in my cup. <laughs> well, I just want to say that Mikomas is not just a day, it's a season. And it extends all the way until October 31st, until All Hallows' Eve. So yeah, it's a time of harvest, a time for work, time for storing away that which we need for the cold, dark months ahead. And so really a true Mikomas festival must be a deed of heart thinking, this gamut event that we can experience the cycle of the seasons in a, in a living reality. So yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to bring today, this, this idea of heart thinking, that it is the modern antidote to the dragon. Yeah, it's the medicine. It's the heart thinking is, it empowers our will to consciously receive these sense impressions which we're usually just so unconscious of, but we let the spiritual sun in to, to fructify them, to, to, to be this source of the resurrection forces in the dark of the year, which enables our human intelligence to unite again with this, with this cosmic intelligence. And you know, we remember that we're not killing the dragon, we're taming it, and that our work today is to really feel this, this transformation, this, this taming of the intellect, to create a union of head and heart. Thank you so much. I feel like uh, fortified <laughs> through through what you're bringing and bringing in the concept of this um, thinking heart, and that that that's the antidote. That's a great thing to take away. And so I'll leave you with a question. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yes. Could this someday? lead to a true healing of the adversarial forces and who is like god take it thank, away <laughs> thank you so much i'm taking that question with me wow uh so much to think about with michaelmas thank you hazel and i hope people will go check out your blog as i said before reverse ritual.com and look at these beautiful pictures and poetry and writing and you just bring everything together in such a great way thank you so much and i'll talk to you soon I'll yeah, see you at the OGM. Yeah, see you. See you in Atlanta. Bye. Peace. Thanks for joining us today on The Anthroposopher. Stay tuned for our next episode. Hey, it's me, Laura, again. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that we have an amazing annual conference coming up in Atlanta, October 10th through the 13th, 2019. And also that we have an enormous collection of webinars on our website at anthroposophy.org slash webinars. So head on over to the store and boy, I hope to see you in Atlanta.